the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. Well, uh, again, I'm so glad you all are here with me. Uh, we are going to be taking a look at Proverbs. Uh, we, I've been doing a series on Proverbs here at the North Valley Congregation on Sunday mornings, and I'm really enjoying that. And what we talked about this past Sunday, I'll be talking about here on the program also, is um, one of the general things we find, uh, things that we find in Proverbs. And I say general because Proverbs is a, a book of filled with wise sayings of wisdom, but these are general truths. General in the sense that these are true, yes, but it's not always true. Um, I don't have the examples in front of me, but you know, you train up a child the right way, uh, 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 right way, and he will, you know, keep his path straight. Can't remember how that verse goes, but you know, what I'm talking about probably about all these ways that if you treat a child and don't spare the raw on the child and all these things that they'll be go well for them or they'll do right. But we know that's not always true. In general, yes, it's true, but not always true. And the same thing about our parents, about our parents. How can we treat our parents with wisdom? In the background of what Proverbs says about our parents is the fifth commandment from the Bible. You, you probably remember it. God gives it, uh, gives it to Israel through Moses there in, in Exodus, and he says, or tells them, to honor your father and your mother. This is an important command. It established the significance and the importance of the family in God's eyes. It also defined the relationship between parents and children as lifelong significant relationship, as a lifelong significant relationship. In the original context of the Ten Commandments, the Fifth Commandment was given to, here it is, you ready? Adults. Given to adults. How many, and be honest with yourselves, how many of you always kind of thought of the, the you know, honor your father and your mother as something that you, is applied to children and to teenagers? Yes, it's applied to adults, but it's really for those little ones. Now, and we, we generally think that because of the way we teach out of Ephesians chapter 6, you know, honor, children, obey your mother and your father, and it will go well for you, your, your life will be extended. Ephesians 6, uh, 1, 2, 3. But that is, we're, we're, and we're, you're going to see, and I think you'll understand that why this is not exactly true. Yes, it, children are to uh, listen and obey their parents. But think about it. I have four kids, and I tell you my children 
do not honor me. They do not honor me. No way. For example, the other day uh, during the Lord's Supper, I was trying to get my my oldest, Josh, he's six years old, and he's a pleaser. I mean, he lives to please. He wants everyone to be happy. He wants to do the right thing. But here he is, six years old, and the, the, they're leading the prayer out there at the Lord's table. I, I tap him on the shoulder. I tell him, make the gesture, and put his hands together. And I say, pray. He kind of makes a sad face at me, and he shakes his head, no. No. Why? He's not honoring me. But he, he's not trying to be a sinful person. What's going on here is he just doesn't under, fully understand. He is still learning. He is currently in the stage where he is learning what it means to honor his mother and father. As he gets into his teenage years, he'll have learned, and I'll be guiding him more about understanding that particular aspect of what God requires of him. But it's not until he gets into adulthood when he will have to learn how to have to have learned how to apply that knowledge he's learned from me, and I hopefully I've imparted to him, and he's found in the Word of God to honor his father and his mother. <clears throat> Most of us know how we're supposed to relate to our moms and our dads when we're children. We may not always follow their rules or respect their authority, but we know we're supposed supposed to. But when we enter into adulthood, things change, don't they? According to the Bible, when a person gets married, for example, their relationship with their mom and dad changes significantly. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 tells us, for this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. That Hebrew word translated leave in that, in that phrase, leave his father and mother, in that verse it means to forsake or to sever a covenant relationship. Entering into a marriage covenant severs the covenant relationship we had with our mother and our father. On your wedding day, when you go down to the church building or wherever it may have been, outside venue, and you walk down that aisle, and maybe your dad gives the, the bride, and you're standing there, and you hear the words from the preacher. You give vows back before everyone in God. Kiss the bride. You know, at that point, I believe that's when God severs your relationship with your parents. Severed. And when you leave that area, your parents are now the extended family. And your immediate family is that person right there in your arms. A big change has happened, right? And although the situation isn't exactly the same for a single person who enters into adulthood, single adults also experience a change in their relationship with their parents when they enter into adulthood. If the covenant relationship with our mom and dad ends when we get married, does that mean all ties with them are cut? This is where the fifth commandment comes in. It answers that question. Remember, the Israelites know probably more likely about that, that phrase from, from Adam. You, you'll leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Okay, it severs it. 
that ends it. Remember, Jesus had, had that discussion with the Pharisees. Uh, the Pharisees uh, were calling all that they had as Corban. They, they weren't going to uh, give to their parents, take care of their parents. He says, you are not honoring your mother and father. This He's talking to adults. The fifth commandment. And so with that backdrop here, with the, the fifth commandment, I want us to look at four ways we can treat our parents with wisdom from Proverbs. And this is for adults. I really think that. Now, yeah, children need to learn how to honor their fathers and mothers. But it's not until you're an, you're an adult is where you apply that commandment. So let's see what we find here in Proverbs. Now, number, number one thing I see is embracing a life of wisdom, Proverbs 23, 24, and 25. It says, The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice, and he who sires a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and your mother be glad, and let her rejoice who gave birth to you. This proverb is picturing the proud parents of a grown son or a grown daughter, and when that child is characterized by righteousness and wisdom, that causes joy. Righteousness refers to a moral a dimension of our lives. You know, in the Bible, uh, you can never separate a person's morality from God. In the Bible, righteousness isn't just being a good person, but it's being in the kind of relationship with God that enables you to know what true goodness is. And so biblical righteousness implies an authentic relationship with God, that this person knows God personally. This personal knowledge of God provides them with a moral compass, an ethical framework to make sense out of life. Wisdom refers then to the outworking of this righteousness in everyday life. This produces joy, delight, and gladness in the lives of a grown father or mother. And so we find this first way to treat our parents wisely. We treat them wisely when we embrace a life of wisdom ourselves. And now this proverb assumes that you've been raised by parents who've embraced righteousness and wisdom themselves. And some of you were raised by parents who did just that, I'm sure. Your parents probably prayed for you before you were even born and whatnot, and, and certainly embracing that way of life uh, for, your, for yourself and honors your mom and dad. But others didn't come from that kind of home. Some parents are the exact opposite of the righteous, Right? Maybe they didn't have, maybe those kids didn't have, or maybe you didn't have wise moms or wise dads that we read about in Proverbs. Some parents are evil toward their children. The primary way to embrace a life of wisdom ourselves is to come to know the God of wisdom. And when you don't have righteous parents, Father's Day, it can be a hard day, right? Or Mother's Day. And when we embrace a life of wisdom ourselves, we honor the kind of parent we were supposed to have. We honor the idea of parenthood, even if our parents failed miserably. Like, if you don't have to like the President of the United States, but you still, or at least you should, still respect the office of the President. Uh, I was in the Army. You don't have to like your commander. And they'll tell you this. If you hate your commander... You still salute them. And if it bugs you so much to salute then don't salute them. Salute the office. No matter what, you salute. Same thing. 
You don't have to like your parents, but you have to honor the parenthood. <clears throat> and the primary way of doing this is come to know the God of wisdom. Just memorizing a few Proverbs doesn't make a person wise. We must start by knowing him. The Proverbs opens up, Proverbs 1-7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. This comes through God's Son, Jesus, who came to this world to live the life we failed to live, die the death that we deserve to die, and then was raised from the grave. Have we embraced this kind of life? Number two, protecting our parents. We've got to move along. We've got limited time here on the radio program. Proverbs 19.26 tells us, He who assaults his father and drives his mother away is a shameful and disgraceful son. Now, back in the ancient uh, world, primary inheritance was left uh, to uh, a son when the parents died. But some kids back then... You know, they wanted their stuff right away. Sometimes they would literally drive their parents off the land and take it over and just steal it, you could say, from the, the rest of their, uh, their siblings and from their parents. This kind of son brings public shame and humiliation to themselves. They may not feel that way, but <clears throat> their behavior is condemned as shameful and disgraceful in the eyes of society. This kind of person... Uh, who would be driven out of community, told to probably never return again. But if, if it's true that exploiting our parents is wrong, and it is true, we all know that, then it is equally true that protecting our parents from exploitation is good. And this is the second way we treat our parents. We treat them wisely when we protect their rights. This principle simply states the flip side of the proverb. If exploiting our parents is foolish, protecting them is wise. The older our parents get, the more vulnerable they become to exploitation. Every year, elderly people in America are scammed out of millions and millions of dollars. Half of scam victims in America are over 55 years old. Elderly people also become vulnerable to violence as their body grows weak. They become vulnerable to less than adequate medical care. They need help. Part of our role in our parents' lives as they age is to protect their rights. This doesn't mean treating them like children, but it does mean looking out for them, making sure they're not exploited. My mom did this for her grandma all the time. When my grandma was uh, uh, in her 80s, my mom would always went to the doctor's appointments with her. She would ask the questions, make sure she understood everything, wrote down all the prescriptions, made sure she took the things she was supposed to take. She was honoring her mother. A child who exploits his mom and dad is shameful. But an adult child who looks out for his mom and dad is wise. Number three, blessing our parents. Proverbs 20, 20. He who curses his father or mother, his lamp will go out in a time of darkness. Now, cursing your parents was serious business back then, and cursing for them wasn't you know, saying profanity the way we understand cursing today. Cursing would be bringing some kind of judgment down upon them. Oh, this is going to happen to you. You're going to lose it all or whatever it, that curse might be that they would try to invoke. And you, it says in the text of Proverbs, their lamp, that child's lamp will go out in the time of darkness. If you bring a curse down upon your mother and father, you're severing the relationship. 
you are burning the bridge. And that means you're not, chances are you're not going to go to them for wisdom, are you? And so when you find yourself in a situation in life that you, and as a young person, you don't know because you don't have all the wisdom. You haven't been through life like your parents had. And you're in this dark time. Are you going to go to your parents for wisdom? No. Your light's going to go out. You're not going to know. And you're not going to have, you're not going to turn to the one, the, those people who you know love you for the answers. The light has gone out. Both blessings and curses are usually spoken out loud. In ancient Israel, a spoken blessing or a spoken curse was thought to actually shape that person's future. Blessings were spoken to protect and express love. Obviously, cursing was spoken over to a person that they might you know, have bad, bad times or trouble in their lives. It is simple to say... Uh, the, uh, the ancient Hebrews understood that the, that the power of words uh, would shape a person's uh, future. You know, I, actually, let me let me delve on that a second. If a parent, if a parent tells a little boy over and over again that they're stupid and that they'll never amount to anything, we know that that boy likely will grow up into a man who fulfills that terrible expectation. The words are like a curse, aren't they? If a person tells their elderly mother that they're a burden and they'd be better off dead, the mom's health will likely start to weaken and deteriorate. That's the power of our words. This is why it's important that we use our words to bless our parents. We do that by expressing appreciation about what our parents did do and in our lives right. It's easy to find the wrong things. It's wise to find the good things. We also bless them with our words by expressing our desire that they be happy and fulfilled in life. Now, I realize that this is really hard for some people to do. The wounds inflicted by many people's parents simply go very deep. They just can't imagine speaking blessings upon their mother and father. The only way to get to this point is to work through the process of forgiving your parents if they've done things to hurt you. A person reaches a point where forgiveness is just as important to you as it is to the other person because as long as bitterness fills your heart, you become captive to the past. I don't mean to imply that this is easy or that it comes easily, but I do know that it's possible even in cases of horrible abuse. And when we get to the point of forgiveness, we bless even those who cursed us, just as Jesus said, your, you know, your mom and dad might have treated you with contempt or hatred, but as a believer in Christ, we can learn to bless and return. This is possible, but it only comes through that transformation of knowing God through His Son. So we live wisely when we learn to bless our parents with our words. Number four, our last proverb, Proverbs 23:22. Listen to your father who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Listen means to pay attention. It's picturing the kind of relationship an adult son or daughter has with an aging parent, a relationship of listening. This is more than simply making sure a parent's rent is paid or the refrigerator is full or the utilities are on. It means simply pay attention to them. The opposite of listening in this proverb is despise. 
despising. The Hebrew word refers to a loathing, a disdain for another person. Unfortunately, this is exactly how a lot of folks feel toward their parents. I, I know uh, some folks who moved out of state just to avoid being around their parents. I'm sure in some cases, and I don't, uh, surely, uh, hopefully they're not the norm, but in some cases you've got to get away from parents who are, are bad influences upon you, maybe even upon your children. You've got to get them away from them. They're a danger. But in the general rule, that's not true. We treat our parents wisely when we share our attention with them as they age. More than our financial assistance, more than our advice, our parents need our attention. In most cases, we're in a position to share that with our moms and dads. It's not easily juggling the schedule of all your kids and, and trying to share your attention with your mom and your dad and your mother-in-law and your father-in-law but that's how we live wisely with our parents. We've got to remember, your parents live their entire, uh, a good majority of their lives in your whole life taking care of you, changing your diaper, teaching you how to go potty, helping you with your uh, schoolwork in the very beginning, and, and just teaching and teaching, and then guiding, 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 and all having all this relationship building, building, building with you, and then one day, poof, you're out of the house. You're gone. And they're no longer the ones talking to you every single day, telling you to get ready, here's your breakfast, don't forget this, do that, and trying to help you along the way. Don't just cut that off. Listen. They may be telling you something you already know. That's okay. Just listen. That's all they need. Maybe some of you out there remember the old song, Cats in the Cradle, by Harry Chapin. It's a song about a father who refused to share his attention with his son as his son was growing up. The song says this. There were plans to catch and bills to pay. Sounds familiar, right? At the end of the song, the father finds that the tables are, are turned on him, on him. The song continues like this. I've long since retired and my son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, if I could find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and the kids got the flu. But it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's been sure nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, he's grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. A life of wisdom will make the choice to share attention with our parents even if they didn't share enough attention with us when we were kids. Why is it wise to share our attention with our parents? Because our children are watching our model. How we treat our parents as they age models how to treat an aging parent. Do you want to live a life of wisdom 
as it relates to your mom and dad? If you do, you'll make the choice to embrace a life of wisdom yourself. You'll protect your parents as they age. You'll bless your parents. And finally, share our tension with them. It's not an easy path, but it is the wise path. The path that's with the grain of God's wisdom. God's wisdom allows us to make new starts, to show grace, and to experience new possibilities, things that we probably would have never imagined. But we find it in His Word, those golden nuggets. Let us think and pray on these things this week as we go through our lives. Even if we had terrible parents, honor your parents. Honor them. They were your parents. And be a good example to your children. Now I want to go ahead and wrap that up. Uh, we got a couple of minutes here, and I want to share with you a couple of things. Number one, I want to encourage you when you get home to open up your web browser and visit our home congregational's website, www.nvcoc.net. You can find a plethora of information there about our home congregation. You can click on that radio mic and find this program and others like it. Eventually, I'm going to put a link up there for Redeem Online where I'll have videos and other recordings and articles uh, posted there uh, You could, for your personal study. But I also want to encourage you to, to, if you're really wanting to get deep in your studies of the Bible, I want to encourage you to take a look at a, uh, uh, a publication comes out once a month by Guy Orbison Jr. from Durango, Colorado called Working in the Word. Working in the Word eight pages, good publications of exegetical studies in some teaching articles, every once in a while a sermon seed, just an outline of a sermon he's put together. This is some good work and good study. It's in-depth. Uh, and so you know, if you're, if you're very new at studying, this, this is probably not for you. But if you're wanting to, to step up and get a little deeper in the Word, I want to encourage you to take a look at Working in the Word. And if you want a, a sample of that, feel free to email me, and I'll get that information to you. Right now, you can email me at the email address, Chris Macy, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-C-Y, at Outlook.com. I'm going to get a, a better email for you on that uh, later on, but for now, you can use that one, Chris Macy at Outlook.com, all one word. And let me know, say, say that you heard about working in the word from me on the radio program, you'd like a sample. I get that to you. It's only $12 a year. It comes out every month. You can get it sent to you in the regular mail, or you can get the digital PDF in your email. And uh, just uh, ask me about that, and I'll get you more information. Thank you for sharing your time with me this afternoon. And as always, make the most of every opportunity, for the days are evil. Get to know the Lord. Thank you. Sitting up to sweep away till Shaddam the better day. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty son. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.